You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. This is the idea that you want to live a life that's fully well-rounded. Like, there's so many free doctors that are available, like the light, the cold, the heat, you know, sex, movement, sleep, all of these things. They're free as fuck. Like, we just got to utilize them and utilize them in a way that's going to support our organism, and we're going to have a way, way better life. You asked about where I was going next. So this is the foundation for the body and mind. Where I'm going next is the heart. And what about our connections with, you know, other people? We got to connect with each other. We got to connect with ourselves. We got to really spend time doing the things that we love to do about life, not just doing the things that are going to get us to some mythical place somewhere in the future that we think we'll be happy when we get to. And then I feel like just with that, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. I'm own ready to- the day, James. <laughs> I'm going to own the day. <laughs> I've got Aubrey, I've got Aubrey Mark. Why can't I say your name? I've got Aubrey Marcus <laughs> in the house. Aubrey, how's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? Good, Aubrey. So you're the CEO of Onnit, which Joe Rogan talks about incessantly. It's great. It's great. You sell all these great. Uh, I don't know what to call them: supplements, nutraceuticals, kettlebell, kettlebells, all these things for your health. You've put together this great book that's right in front of me. Own the day. Own your life. I feel like each topic in this book is something individually. I've covered with different guests on the podcast, but you concisely make it about the day. So it's not like, you know, how Elrod has the miracle morning. Mm -hmm. You have one chapter, how to make the optimal morning. And you have a different twist on it than he does. Then you have whole thing on, you know, sugar versus fat versus other things in your diet, which I've talked about with other guests. Uh, you have, you have stuff about sex, about energy, about nutraceuticals. I've, you have, so many people who have been on the podcast, you mentioned Rich Rolls, a, a good friend of the podcast, mm -hmm. been on like a dozen times. Um, but I'm so glad. I feel like your book is the Bible for how to live a day. Like from waking up to when you finally go to sleep, each component of the day, you sum up in an easy to do fashion what one should do. Yeah. So I've started doing it since I started reading your book. Awesome. I'm on my third liter of water so far. <laughs> awesome. Probably a little too much water. I've been peeing all day. Um, uh, we're going to talk about your book in a second. We're going to talk and, and basically how you can own the day, own your life. And let me just say the subtitle, Optimized Practices for Waking, Working, Learning, Eating, Training, Playing, Sleeping, and Sex. And we're going to talk about On It Also, which is your company. I remember there was an article in Forbes in 2016 that said you're up to 28 million in revenues. What's On It doing in revenues now? You know, I don't share those numbers, but I'm not going to tell anybody. We're in the realm of double that. Okay, good. That. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, is it profitable? It is. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, it, I raised uh, I raised one hundred and ten thousand dollars to start the company, and haven't taken outside investment of any significant form since. A couple athletes have bought in for little tiny pieces and things like that. But uh, yeah, we basically run this company from the ground up. Put in, pushed all in on a purchase order for Alpha Brain, and then sold through that with net thirty terms, and then sold through the next batch, and sold through the next batch, just like a a proper drug dealer <laughs> flipping keys to two keys to five keys and and making it work. I like that. I like <laughs> using the drug dealer analogy, uh, and even that on my podcast, I've had like massive drug dealers. So I get the or the listeners will understand the business model. Um, so I was gonna delay talking about the book and on it for a second, but. Alpha Brain, tell me about that. It's a nootropic. You have all these studies on the site that show it makes you smarter. Is it related to, you mentioned um, this one uh, plant nootropic, Herpertia serrata, in the mm -hmm. book on page 132 of the book? Yeah, I think that's one of the core drivers of the mechanism of action of Alpha Brain. So really this came about because Joe Rogan and I, were we were friends and we were talking about 
the supplement that we wish existed, something that didn't exist at the time, a natural plant-derived supplement that was strong, that you could feel, that you know rivaled some of the feelings that you could get from, from a prescription, but was natural and didn't have those kind of side effects. By prescription, do you mean like modifinol or Adderall? Yeah, I mean, I don't like to draw those direct references, but yeah, I mean, something that was potent enough that you knew when you took it, you know, because a lot of the supplements you take for the brain, it's like, yeah, I hope, I think that maybe did something good. We wanted something that was convincing. And Yeah, uh, like if I go in the store and get, I don't know, ginkgo, Balboa. Yeah, you're not going to feel anything. You can't tell anything. It's, it's supposed to improve your memory. Yeah, who knows what, what's going on. But you have statistical studies on alpha brain. And, okay, so so I interrupted you, but this herpertia, how do you say it? Herpertia serrata. Yeah. So, so that's... Uh, that works on the acetylcholine system, and the acetylcholine is responsible for memory, focus, sharpness, and it's actually technically an acetylcholine esterase inhibitor. So in acetylcholine esterase breaks know. down the acetylcholine in your brain, so it inhibits the enzyme that breaks down acetylcholine, therefore giving you more in your brain. And what does acetylcholine do for the brain? Yeah, so it's a neurotransmitter, and it's just responsible for that acuity, focus, sharpness. There's kind of four major neuro- neurotransmitters, serotonin, that feeling of well-being, that feeling of peace and love and and happiness, you know, MDMA activates the serotonin receptors. And then you're talking about GABA, which is something that alcohol a- activates. It's sleepy, it's relaxed, it's calming, you know. And then you talk about um, dopamine. Everybody kind of knows what dopamine, that kind of reward, the reward chemical, that kind of driving What's chemical. What's the difference between dopamine and serotonin? I always forget. Yeah, I mean, just two different neurotransmitters. One is one is more on like the the motivational action side of driving you towards a process. So it's like, Anytime you do something that's pleasurable, you get a hit of dopamine naturally endogenously. And serotonin is that overwhelming feeling of positive mood, you know, safety, security, love, these kind of emotions that are that are kind of closely linked to serotonin. But all these things, it's very tough to generalize them because they're involved in thousands of complex reactions in the brain. And GABA is supposed to um, relax you. It's it, it kind of mm-hmm. goes against this. Uh, well, I'll let you. I'll let you explain. Yeah, I mean, GABA is one of the neurotransmitters that relaxes you. It's something that you know, when you have that glass of wine, that it's, alcohol is a GABA agonist, so it creates more GABA in your brain. That's actually what it's doing. That's what the drug effect is. So you're calmer, you're more relaxed, you're less inhibited. So all of these kind of work together in this cocktail in the brain to create you know, your waking state. And we really wanted to target acetylcholine because if you want focus and memory and sharpness, you want a nootropic, that's the neurotransmitter to really target. But you also want to you know, kind of support the other ones as well so they don't get out of balance. And Huperzia serrata is this plant. It's a club moss that grows naturally. And it contains this Huperzine A, which is that acetylcholine esterase inhibitor. So we added that. We added some natural raw sources of acetylcholine and then kind of rounded out the what, formula. What are some natural? Alpha glycerophosphorylcholine, alpha, alpha GPC. Okay, so that's the, that's the raw source. I thought so, you were going to say bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the so nine different nine different ingredients all put together, um, all with a kind of a unique purpose to make this holistic supplement. And then when we tried it, we knew we had something. Rogan and I and, and all the people did, but we didn't validate it until we went through two different clinical trials with healthy populations. Actually, a standard deviation of IQ above normal. So very difficult to show statistical significance in people that intelligent and that sharp already. But we were able to do that and duplicate it twice with over 80 patients combined in both those studies uh, with the Boston Center for Memory showing improvements in focus, memory, processing speed. Really a a pretty landmark uh, clinical trial for something on healthy individuals. And what's the difference between alpha brain and alpha brain instant? Uh, One is just capsulized. So a capsule takes about 15 to 20 minutes to dissolve in the stomach, the gelatin. Um, The powdered form that you mix in the drink that just absorbs 20 minutes quicker because you can mix it into a drink and get it. So if you need alpha brain in a hurry, like you're starting a podcast and you need it to hit right away, then you mix that in your water and you're good to go. And if I were to just, I I know we're kind of jumping right into the middle of the book, which is on, you know, brain performance, memory, everything. And, And to your credit, you don't promote on it in this book. I think you focus on health and all and like like you go directly to the plant rather than saying hey buy alpha right. brain like you did everything right in this book Thank which you. which I'm happy about um but we'll talk about on it anyway so this herpertia plant is an alpha brain which mm-hmm. is sold on it but uh 
can I just take Alpha Brain all day long? <laughs> you can take it, you know, you can, there's really no, when you look at the side effects of the clinical trials we did and also this long history of use, in many cases, thousands of years of use of these different plants in traditional medicine, you don't see any, you know, real warning signs for addictive properties or any side effects. So it's pretty, it's extremely well tolerated and, you know, all the indications are that it's safe to take pretty frequently. So a lot of people take it every day. I don't. I take it before podcasts. I take it for periods where I need to focus maybe three, four times a week. Um, but why, why don't you take it every day? You know, my brain is already pretty active and pretty focused. And sometimes I like the other, you know, neurotransmitters. Sometimes it's more uh, GABA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would rather have a couple glasses of wine in this day because I'm already so worked up. I'll enjoy my day more if I have a glass of wine. And we talk about that in the book too. You know, this isn't a book just about performing in one aspect, you know, right. just efficiency in your job or efficiency there. You got to live a live a life that's worth living, you know, live a live a life that's well-rounded, balanced and includes the things like having a glass of wine or smoking a joint and making love to your lover and, you know, playing with your dog and hanging out and also being extremely productive, also meditating, also eating right, also training like a beast. You know, this is the this is the idea that you want to live a life that's fully well-rounded. And that's, I think, you know, one of the, the great aspects of this book. Right, and so you talk about like from the second you wake up, you know, drink water, do this, do that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into all that. Um, what I want to start off with though, you, you, first off, if anybody wants your background, you did an excellent podcast with Tim Ferriss. I highly recommend people see that or watch that. There's, they did, Tim Ferriss on his blog, it's a video. Um, you talk about your experiences with psychedelics you talk you actually talk about your meeting with joe rogan mm -hmm. and describe one of some of what you described here uh i assume you talked about some of this stuff on on gary vaynerchuk's podcast uh what do you think of all these aren't doing all these podcasts isn't it like boring <laughs> you know it's not because it's a way to have a great conversation with somebody you know like now we're getting to know each other so that's dope on its own like if this never got and released, i'm in and i'm in your book you <laughs> yeah, totally, your book. totally so if if for some reason, at the end of a podcast recording, and this has happened before, they say, oh man, we lost the recording, files got corrupted. I'm not like super bummed because I just had a really good uninterrupted conversation with somebody and I feel like I know them way better after that. So like, oh, okay, well, we'll have another great conversation. You know, so that's one of the benefits of doing all these podcasts. And then also, you know, there's gonna be people out there who haven't met me and maybe I can be a service to those people. And maybe, you know, something I say will you know, trigger something in their life that'll make them a little bit better. And that's really what I'm here to do. So, uh, you know, I'm really, even though it's been a lot, I've been enjoying it. And what have you been doing to, to promote this book? Podcasts have been the big, po overwhelmingly are... the big thing. I mean, we have a list with on it. We have my own personal list. We have the social media, but podcasts have been the big driver. And I would think like going on Joe Rogan's podcast would be, boom, that would be all you need. Because his podcast is, is enormous. Yeah, you know, Rogan doesn't like talking about anything that, you know, he's not in the mood to talk about, you know, and that's, uh, so when he's in the mood to talk about it on the day, we'll talk about it on the day. You know, people think that because we're partners that it's just a given that he's going to promote any on it product or promote my book or something like that. It's certainly not that type of relationship. We're extremely close friends, but at the same time, the, he keeps, you know, his work product and just decides at what point and when he wants to talk about whatever. And I don't fuck with that. You know, and so um, when he gets a chance to read the book and, and listen to it, he's probably going to listen to it more on audio, more likely than read it. Then you know, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about it. He seems like a big reader, though. He's always like quoting these obscure conspiracy yeah, books that he yeah, reads. Yeah, Miyamoto Musashi and, and different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he listens a lot. He listens to a lot of audiobooks because he drives a lot. Always going to comedy shows and stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. So um, all right, so let's talk like on it. Great company. Uh, oh. I want to talk about first Fleshlight. Is it okay to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, man. Let's go there. I don't mean I'm not putting you on the spot, right? By talking about no, that. No, of course. All right. If if I did, we could even cut Look, that there's out. There's no spot. <laughs> like everything, everything I do, everything I've been about, I'm open about it. Look, so. everybody tries business ideas and some <laughs> work and some don't. Um, so Fleshlight, can you just describe what that was? Yeah. So that was actually that was actually family business that I went into and was assisting on the marketing side. And how it came about, my stepdad, um, when my mother was pregnant with twins, went out 
and they said that they couldn't have sex, went out looking for alternatives and some kind of male sex toy that he could use, found that the market was just flooded with dog shit and so started creating his own. And at first they were these like torsos with these removable parts, but only everybody just wanted the removable parts. So then he was like, aha, people don't want the whole torso. They just want the vagina. So then he started, he put them in like a flashlight canister, called them fleshlights. And then I came in fresh out of, fresh out of college to help him with their online marketing. And it's not hard to sell a fake vagina to horny men. So I had like a lot of lead way and I got to really, you know, like there Learn are ad, on the job. Like there are so ad networks for that that dominate all the porn sites and stuff. Did you advertise on that? Like, is it was it relatively cheap you know, to advertise? It was super cheap advertising because you're not competing with you're not competing with all of the major ad buyers, right? You know, it's like a it's a very small amount of people that have like real legitimate tangible products that you know that they can market. So yeah, the CPMs are it's a much different world um, than than dealing with like. Facebook ads. And what what would one flashlight sell for? Like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, something like that. And it probably costs like what, $10 to make? Uh it's yeah, I mean it's in that yeah, 10-15 range. I don't really know the the cost metrics anymore. It's been quite a while since I've been in that world. And was your uh mom okay with him with your your stepdad kind of using yeah, this to she's you know she's super open minded I think everybody thought it was funny at first and then all of a sudden it became the number one selling male sex toy in the world in this little empire and um and then I was like oh wow you know this is this is a, a legit business so funny because you you um it sounds like a like a a service for the men of pregnant women, which yeah. it is. I never thought of it that way. Right. But I guess that Yeah, or anybody, anybody who's, you know, unable. There there were some really probably the best part of that job were the heartwarming stories. Like I can't have sex with my wife because of this reason or this disease or this condition or this thing. And fleshlight has saved our marriage, you know, because it allows you to experience something that feels akin to sex. So that was like, you know, of all the things that I did while I was there. Like that was the only silver lining because a lot of it was was awful. Like people think it's oh sexy, you get to work in the sex industry. It was terrible. Like going to the AVN show, like I would rather go to absolutely any other trade show. I'd rather go to like roof, you know, roofing and fucking supplies trade show than the AVN show. It's Wait, awful. What, what is, what's the AVN show? That's the adult video news. That's where all the porn stars and the sex toys are. I mean, it's just. It's it's a gnarly place to go. And, and why? Like what what happens at this show? Well, you think there's a bunch of beautiful girls and it's all sexy and it's just 99% just sweaty, sweaty, horny dudes, you know, that are just bustling around there with, you know, hungry eyes looking at everything there and it's just the the whole energy of that of that space, you know, is something that I'm really happy that, you know, I, I can leave behind and and have completely left behind. And and I talk about that a little bit in in the book like the energy behind you know that industry like i have nothing there's nothing wrong with the human body there's nothing wrong with pornography but it's some you know the energy behind it is often misplaced and often there for the wrong reason and and i think some of that residue bleeds off onto the whole space for sure um i'm i was almost trying to figure out a joke off of your last sentence but i'll leave it alone <laughs> um so when you say it was the best-selling uh, male product, what what kind of revenues does it take to become the best-selling male product in that space? <clears throat> I mean, they were they were selling millions of units, hmm. you know, millions of units. That's for sure. So that's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's it's uh you know. It's and do you guys sell the business or? It's not. It was never my business. Mm-hmm. So I just helped them out with some of the marketing, and I also had other clients too that I was helping out. Um, so you know, they're still running it. Okay, great. So, so then you went from that to on it, more or less. Yeah. Well, I had my marketing company, and they were, you know, Flashlight was one of my clients. I had oil and gas. I had a gold mining company. It was like helping investor relations and web, you know, web the website for this gold mining company, Bullion River Gold in northern Northern California. I had a like another nutraceutical company. I had a skincare company. I was helping a lot of different industries, but my passion was clearly in this human optimization realm. Okay, but I want to ask you about that. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, when you say you were helping, you know, a gold company, a oil and gas company, a skincare company, like, let's take the skincare company. Were you helping them uh, basically place ads cheaply so they could sell and build their product? Or what well, were you brand, doing? Everything from branding, packaging, website building, um, you know, 
the basics of online marketing, digital advertising. I mean, it was kind of the full, it was basically me and one or two other people working together, but we were like a full service kind of mini, uh, mini agency that would kind of consult on all the different fronts. So it depended on the client, but they were, that client was looking to transition, you know, direct to consumer. They did an infomercial, didn't really work, and then they wanted to go online. So we helped them transition into that. So a lot of this stuff gave me some experience to understand how I was going to market. I just had to figure out the products and the ethos that best represented me that I could go all in on, and that's what on it really was. But a lot of the skills I developed, you know, working with all these other different companies from raising money for some of the like the gold mining company because they always needed money because there was never enough gold, and so that skill to the online retail to the advertising to all of these things kind of pushed into on it and really allowed it to become what it was you know without all these other crazy clients including flashlight you know i wouldn't have been able to be the ceo that could really take a company that i loved that i truly loved and make it what it is i think that's a key thing it's because many people have oh they're 23 years old they have this great idea and they start pitching it around but sometimes you need kind of that space to try other things so you build the skill sets you need and really figure out the direction your passions are going. Like obviously you followed this inner compass to 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 find what you were truly passionate about and start on it. But along the way, you had many stops and you had to kind of, you know, start start this company, learn all these different skills and you had all these other experiences to show you, you know, what was the best way to optimize your day and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to get your ass kicked a little bit. You know, you got to get some experience. The wins, the losses. What's the wor- what's the worst ass kicking you had during uh, this time? I mean, everything everything pretty much was a failure. I would get fired. I was getting fired repeatedly from Flashlight by my family, and then scrambling for. Why would work. they? What would happen? Like your it dad would call you in and working. say, "Yeah, it just sucks working for your family." Like it, it really, it really sucks. I, I've done it before. It does. It does suck because you can't break away. But you all learned to hate each other. Yeah, it was it was a it was a rough rough situation. All the other companies, the gold company, the oil and gas company, the pharmaceutical company, they all went to zero. You know, they all went completely completely under. The skincare company went under. Like everything I did, other than selling these fake vaginas, was a total failure. And the selling the fake vaginas was absolutely making me miserable. You know, it was like the last thing I wanted to be doing. Like your your stepdad would call you into the office, and what would he say? Like in the in the worst during the during the bad times. Uh, you know, there was a <laughs> there was one there was one particular moment where, uh, and I don't mean to, I don't really want to put him on the spot, but one particular moment where he was kind of fired up, and he was like, you know, said something to the effect of, "This is the best you'll ever do. You'll never be more successful than this." And I just kind of like nodded my head. I was like, "Okay, I hear you. I hear you. I appreciate you. You know, like I, I appreciate." This experience, all the experiences, but we'll see, you know. And I think that was kind of good, you know. At, at the time, it pissed me off, but when I look back, you know, that father figure role of kind of poking you in the chest and being like, "You going to do something about this? You going to do something about this?" And I was like, "I'm going to do something about this." And you know, some of that, you know, some of that uh, certainly, you know, carried through. And now, by now, I don't remember that, and that doesn't fire me up. But at the point, you know, at those dark moments when you're really struggling and it's really hard and your company's not working yet and you're just putting in those burning midnight hours to try and get this thing off the ground like on it wasn't birth to success you know i languished around for like a year trying to figure it out trying to come up with alpha brain down to our last dollar like those moments you know just pushing everything in and recognizing that you're not going to have everybody clapping their hands and saying oh yeah you got this for sure you're so good some people are going to be really saying you don't got this and show up. So, so at, at the time, I mean, there was a thousand nutraceutical companies trying to sell products on the internet and all of them promising, you know, brain performance or physical performance or sexual performance, whatever. Uh, why did you think you, you would be able to succeed with it? Well, just like when my stepdad went out and looked at the male sex toys and found that they were dog shit. I went out and looked at the options for these natural supplements for the brain and I couldn't feel any of them. Like none of them were convincing. And so I knew there was an opportunity because I would take the individual ingredients myself and I knew the clinical research when you actually push the dose to a level that you could actually feel. So there was, while 
it may have looked crowded. It wasn't crowded where we were going because where we were going was combining the science with something you could actually feel. And no one was doing that at the time. Since then, there's been a couple good products that have come out, stuff that, you know, that you can really feel. So the marketplace is better now and actually more competitive now than when we started. But when we came out with Alpha Brain, you know, that was what blew people away is like, this is a supplement, but you can fucking feel it, you know? And, and, you know, you don't just sell Alpha Brain, you sell other things. What are some of the other? Because it's all related to this book. We're going to sure. connect it to this yeah. book. <laughs> you can't just take a supplement and, and have a optimized life. A supplement is a very narrow thing. It's either covering some kind of deficiency you might have or increasing some level of performance, giving you access to foods or nutrients that might not be available. But that's not it. You got to take the free miracle drugs of the world like exercise, sex, sleep, light, water, you know, all of these different things. So a lot of what on it does is about that information. A lot of what this book does is about that. And then the other tools are having to do with exercise. All right, if you know exercise is a miracle drug that can literally treat pretty much every known condition to man, what's the best way to take that miracle drug? Well, get back to some of those unconventional roots, get back to the ways that this human monkey was designed to move, not fixed bar patterns and Cybex machines and all the crazy things we do to try and work out but get back to some more natural movement patterns, you know, rehabilitate some of the bad habits that we might have gotten into from posture and things like that. And just so that we can, at the drop of a hat, play a volleyball game if it breaks out or run around the bases in a softball game or not have to quit having sex because we're too winded to continue, you know, be able to live at bare minimum a life that you want to live. And you recommend... Um kettlebells in the book among other things kettlebells yeah kettlebells and you give you show the exercises and tim ferris also recommends he has a video showing how to use it and it's mm-hmm. similar to some of the exercises that you show what's the deal with that as opposed to just kind of lifting lifting weights off a bar yeah i mean so kettlebells in particular it's like an entire gym that you have in one single piece of equipment you know and the way that you can use it through the swings it allows you to push a maximum load in a minimum amount of time and in ways that allow you to hinge at the hips squat patterns pressing patterns it's pretty unique in that all of the major movement patterns that you would need to really have a strong structural integrity and a really good workout you can get with a kettlebell. And it started in Russia as these dry grain measurements and the strongmen would just lift it to get there and it became this national sport and now is ubiquitous. Kettlebells are everywhere and that's for good reason. The movements you can do with a kettlebell, if you had one piece of equipment you needed for the rest of your life, you could do it all with a kettlebell. And why did you, how did you figure this out? Really, I started training with MMA fighters and with, you know, top, like Bodie Miller was the first investor in on it and Roger Huerta was one of my good friends who's a UFC fighter. And these guys were already onto it early, you know, because they were on the bleeding edge of needing performance. And so they were already messing around with these techniques way before you could walk into your local, you know, Equinox or Golds and see a kettlebell. You know, they were using them then. And not only that, you know, the more, the more elite were experimenting with things like the steel mace and the steel club and some of these other tools that Onnit has, you know, championed and developed and developed the education systems behind. Um, that are really old tools dating back to the 1200s in some cases. But open up the shoulder girdle, move the body in unique ways that you just can't get access to with a traditional barbell or traditional movements in a gym. So let's 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 go back to the morning. Let's yeah. just start off. You just wake up. You're, as you put it, you're dehydrated because you haven't had a sip of water probably in at least seven or eight hours. Mm-hmm. You suggest, as many do, um, Water, like a liter of water, essentially, within the first so many minutes of the day. Um, yep. Just to, let's take us through your day. Yeah, it doesn't take too much to actually start feeling the effects of mild dehydration. Just a couple pounds of water loss, then you're going to lose at least one pound overnight. A couple Even pounds. talking about it, I have to drink water. Yeah, exactly. I just drank some myself. It doesn't take much to get dehydration. That's going to create everything from anxiety, irritability, brain fog, all kinds of things start happening when your water levels drop. Why don't people know this? you know, I don't think we're taught the basics. Like we're learning historical dates and things, but people aren't teaching the human machine. Like I think from an early educational basis, we need to be taught about the machine that we live inside, you know, and and understand the water requirements, the air requirements, how just six deep breaths can lower your blood pressure. How so my, six, six yeah. deep breaths in a certain amount of time, right? You mentioned um, like 30 seconds. Six deep breaths in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a Japanese study that six deep breaths alone 
will lower your blood pressure. So anybody can try this at, try this at home, try this right now. At six deep breaths, you'll experience a state change. You know, but we don't know that. And it's crazy because we breathe all the time, but taking conscious control of your breath will alter your brain state, will alter your thinking pattern, will alter your performance, will alter your cortisol, will alter your, ultimately your life and longevity. And it's just breathing. So breathing, water, movement, like these are the things that the human being craves. And, you know, right out of the gate, you got to get some of those. You got to get some water. A lot of the water we take is distilled, so it doesn't have any natural minerals in it. So spring water is better. And then sprinkling some uh, sea salt in there is going to be great as well for electrolytes. Lemon for bioflavonoids and flavor. That's kind of my morning mineral cocktail. And then the next thing you got to do is light and movement, you know, because that sets the circadian rhythm for the animal that we are. We were meant to go out of our cave or when the sun rose up, if we were sleeping on the ground, get that sunlight, start moving, and that sets our day. That sets that hormonal pattern that'll give us energy throughout the day and also make us sleepy at night. So first three things when you wake up, hydration with the water, the sea salt, the lemon, get some light on your body, as much of your skin exposed as possible, and then get moving, any kind of light moving. I like to swim a couple laps. You can play around with your dog. You can just start to get moving and you'll feel way more alert than just reaching for that first cup of coffee first thing. Okay, so let's say you work in a factory in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, you wake up and you can drink your water, uh, but there's no light because you got to get to the factory at by five a.m. and it's Wisconsin, and uh, you can't. You're not really going to be moving. You're just going to jump in the car and go. Like, what should that person do? Well, there's no excuse not to move. You know, there may be excuses. The car. <laughs> no, you got to do more. You got to do more than so what's, what's that. Like Whatever it is, something. do a, you know, move around a little bit, do a couple burpees, do a couple push-ups, do like some light yoga. I mean, I don't know how popular yoga is in Wisconsin, but I'm sure it is. You know, whatever you want to do, wrestle with your, you know, your girlfriend or whatever you want. Anything is possible, but get your heart rate up a little bit, get moving. And that's one of the key, zeit, what they call zeit givers. That's what sets the circadian rhythm. So at bare minimum, you have to do that. Now, light can be an issue. So there's the biohacky ways to get away from that. And I have something called the human charger that I use on cloudy days, which is light emitting earbuds. So they go in oh, your yeah. ears. I never, I read that in the book. I never heard of that before that. Yeah. I always think of light as something you see. Yeah, exactly. You have photoreceptors in your ears that actually work the same as the photoreceptors in your eyes. So you can put these in, they're like headphones and you can blast light and that will really wake you up too and help you feel more alert, set your circadian rhythm. Or even just fluorescent lights that have like the blue light spectrum or any kind of bright lights. Um, you want as white of lights as possible. will start to wake you up just like they'll start to, just like they'll keep you up if you're in too many of them at night. Yeah, I've seen on Amazon, there are these lights that are like super bright that are supposed to be to help people with seasonal affective disorders, mm-hmm. uh, people who get depressed in the winter, that they're bright enough that they'll counteract that. Yep. So are, the, are those types of lights totally. good? Totally, totally. Okay, yeah. so, so, so okay, I've started my day, I've had a liter of water, I've did some movement, did, did how many push-ups? Let's say I'm going to go to the push-ups route. How many push-ups? It depends push-ups? on how strong you are. You know, depend, You just want to do, it's not like a workout. This isn't your morning workout. This is your morning movement. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're a beast, maybe that's 25 push-ups. You know, if you're not a push-up guy, maybe it's five push-ups. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's all relative to you. You know, I don't think there's a comparative goal that anybody should have, but just enough so that you know, like, okay, I just moved. I just did something, you know? And then, then there's the light, uh, you know, get, getting light. And what does this do? If if someone's doing this as opposed to not doing this, what's, what are you going to see after a few weeks, the difference between the two people? Well, you're going to have way more energy going through and a lot more mental clarity. Mental clarity is going to come from the water and like a more even keel mood from preventing the irritability that comes from the dehydration and the clear thinking that's going to come from that. But from the light and the movement, setting your circadian rhythm, you're just going to have more energy throughout the day and you're going to be able to fall asleep better because you're going to produce more melatonin at night by setting your circadian rhythm early. Mm. So you'll be more alert when you need to be alert and more tired when you need to be tired. So you'll be more in line with the earth's natural, natural rhythm. All right, and then I get to work. And I want to be as productive as possible. Well, before you get to work, the next best thing to really jack yourself up as far as alertness and also help drop, you know, drop stress, drop any kind of inflammation that you have is cold exposure and breath. 
So if you're taking a morning shower, I recommend it in the morning. I think this is one of the best ways to do it is to take, you know, shower in the warm water and then turn that nozzle all the way cold. So, so I've tried this, the Wim Hof. Wim Hof, yeah. yeah Wim Hof method uh, where you turn it as cold as possible for like 20, 30 seconds or more. And he's, you know, you mentioned it, you write about him in the book. He mm-hmm. cl- climbed Mount Everest shirtless. Yeah, he's and, a maniac. Yeah. Um, I cannot do it. Like it gets too cold. I'm in pain. Yeah. And, you know, I think the first thing you have to know how good it is for you. You have to know that it increases norepinephrine by like 300%. Which What's norepinephrine? That's a hormone that's actually in counterbalance with your cortisol. So it's going to drop your chronic stress down when that goes up. It's also going to increase your kind of alertness and awakeness, which is another thing that you want to do in the morning without having to use coffee yet. You know, I'm obviously drinking coffee now. I'm not opposed to coffee, but you want to save that turbo button for later. And then if you combine it with a breath hold, which is also something I recommend, then you're increasing adrenaline as well. So then you're really giving yourself like a natural energy boost. Plus people who expose themselves regularly to the cold get 42% less respiratory tract infections according to a one different study. So you're going to get sick less, you're going to be less stressed, you're going to drop inflammation, you're going to build cold shock proteins, which are necessary for longevity. You might actually lose weight through um, some brown fat adipose tissue activation. There's a whole bunch of different values that you get from it. But I think the real, so you have to know that first, know that it's good for you. But the real value is just doing that shit you don't want to do. Like forcing your body in your hand to take that nozzle and turn it to the left counterclockwise, knowing that you're going to be in pain, but knowing that it's good for you and building that willpower of just being a badass, of being in control of your life. Okay, I buy into 100% of what you said, <laughs> but the first time you did it, did you just say, no, no, this is not for me? <laughs> so totally, and and I would wrestle with myself you know, constantly. Can I'd be you in go, the warm can you shower. Go in, in increments? Can we start off like lukewarm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my fiance tries to do that sometimes. We were actually filming a video and she tried to fake that it was cold by just turning it a little bit chillier. It doesn't work though. You need actual genuine cold exposure. You should really go as cold as it will go. But how do you get the habit of doing that? Like presumably yeah. when you do it now, it's not a big deal to you or is it still just as painful? You know, it's become so much more comfortable the pattern of those deep breaths to kind of get myself ready and then the body knows how good it feels when you're done it's kind of like i liken it to green juices i used to hate drinking green juices but now that my body's gotten used to them i crave them i love drinking green juices same with the cold shower now instead of that fear and anticipation i'm like oh sweet i get a cold shower because i've linked you know what that feeling is after i'm done to the moment before i do it and so that's been patterned in this kind of Pavlovian response over and over again. So I actually get excited about the cold now. So, so it's not hard. But at first, hell yeah, it was super hard. I mean, and this is related to the concept of, of habit building. Like, obviously, this is a habit that nobody really wants to have. Yeah. And so how do you build into yourself? And I understand intellectually, you can convince yourself, okay, I really have to do this or or life will be worse for me if I don't do this. But- how can you really get into the habit of doing it? Because people people often don't do the things yeah. that are good for themselves. I mean, there's many studies. People will help other people take their pills, but they won't take their pills for themselves, even if it's a life or death sort of pill. Yeah. So how can you build that habit of, and so you said you start off with the, the six breaths, you know, kind of mm-hmm. get yourself calm. And then how long does it take of you trying to get it to full power before you were able to to be comfortable with it. You just build off those little wins. And that's why we focus this on one day because really you can do this one time. You can get yourself psyched up, you can do it. And, and that's what we're asking for. We're asking for you to link all of these practices for one day. I mean, this one is challenging for sure, but you can do it one time. Like anybody can do it and just get themselves fired up, give it a try. But you know, it's it's like you say in the title, own the day, own your life. So if I buy into this, that this is gonna be good for me for the day, I'm going to try to do it for life. Yeah. And then if 20 years from now, <laughs> someone tells me, oh, no, no, you really needed it like the other direction, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> like I've just been killing myself with this cold water for 20 years. So like you're saying there are plenty of studies and you quote, you, you, sure. you mentioned a lot of examples. 300 clinical and academic references in the book. 
All right, I'm going to try it. Yeah, and that's it. And so build off that win. Maybe it'll be once a week for a while. You'll get you'll get fired up. You'll get that practice. You'll get the courage to do it, and you'll do it once a week. And then maybe it becomes twice a week. But every time you do it, it's like a little victory that you can that you can put in your willpower bank. Like, oh, I remember when I did that. Oh, I remember when I did that. And then it'll become a little bit easier and a little bit more frequent. And you'll just start counting these victories and that internal you know, ability to do the hard shit, to do the shit that we don't want to do, that starts to flex like a muscle. So in this case, for people you've advised to do this and for yourself, how long on average do you think it took people to, you know, from from, from the starting point where they said, okay, I really want to do this and I'm going to start every day trying to do this to the point where they were just saying, oh yeah, I do that every day now. What ends up happening is people get super fired up when they read the book. Cause I'm, you know, I speak kind of naturally motivationally. I write kind of naturally motivationally. I try to get people as fired up and, and meet the objections that they may have in the book. So they'll start right out of the gate and they'll start doing it. And then they kind of drift off and get back to nah, hardly doing it. And then something will snap where they'll remember like, man, I was really feeling much better when I was you know, practicing that protocol. And so it kind of goes in this, you know, inverse curve where it's like really good adherence after reading the book, slipping off a little bit and then feeling what that feels like and remembering how good they felt when they were doing it and then building that back up again. And, and you really feel it art. like it's not like the Ginkgo Balboa or whatever. Uh, well, yeah, I, don't know what I mean, the, the studies on Ginkgo, just quite frankly, are inconclusive. And the studies on cold therapy are, are undoubtable. And you feel it. You feel it. There's no question about it. You finish two like or later three minutes in the, in the day. cold. Oh hell yeah! You feel it. You feel it right away. Mm-hmm. You know. So not. It's not only the mitochondrial boost that'll benefit your life. You actually feel it. You know right away. That norepinephrine that that kind of floods your body and drops that chronic stress. Like chronic stress is burning us up from the inside. It's like a candle that's lit on both ends and another one roasting the middle. And just all our vital life force is draining. And to have something that can physically drop that load, it's a fucking miracle. And it's cold and it's free and it's in your shower every day. Like we're not telling you to buy something here. I'm not hawking you some new cold device. It's like available to everybody. Like that's, there's so many free doctors that are available. Like the light, the cold, the heat, you know, sex, movement, sleep, all of these things, they're free as fuck. Like we just got to utilize them and utilize them in a way that's going to support our organism, and we're going to have a way, way better life. All right. Well, I mean, I feel like just with that, I'm ready to. I'm ready to go. I'm own ready the to day, James. <laughs> I'm going to own the day. Now, what's what's next? Well, you know, this book really sets the foundation for what total human optimization is all about. You know, I feel like this is the missing instruction manual for the human body. Like every one of these chapters has been books, and I referenced these books, and they've all been great but I haven't seen a place that's like puts it all together. Like the car manual that's in the glove compartment. I feel like that's what this is for the human body and the human mind. I I agree. And that's what we mentioned even before the podcast started. Like I've had a lot of guests on here who talk about, let's say, uh, different types of diets or different types of, um, uh, you know, uh, areas to live like the blue zones or uh, different types of exercise routines. I feel this book, really does encapsulate from beginning to end. It's not just one thing for, oh, for better brain performance or for better physical performance. But uh, so, I, so I, think, I think the book, like I said, is the Bible of the day. But, you know, it's interesting. Each thing you kind of take a little, you know, have an interesting twist, like the whole uh, cold shower thing. I really don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, there'll be some surprising things in there. To having an honest discussion about nicotine, you know, the discussion. Yeah, that was about another sex. interesting thing. So, so let's talk about nicotine because mm-hmm. nicotine. I, I I once had someone on here who um, was is well known for talking about uh, habits, and uh, one thing he didn't mention was he has nicotine patch, and you know that do, that is kind of a good way of you know, increasing activity, increasing productivity. Mm-hmm. It, it stimulates you in a lot of different ways. So let's talk about nicotine. Yeah, so first let's get something straight. Cigarettes will fucking kill you. Like they, they're death sticks. There's no doubt about that, that that is the absolute, one of the worst things you can do for your health. But a lot of times tobacco gets lumped in with cigarettes. Like cigarettes are unequivocally harmful. But tobacco itself has a lot less risk exposure 
when taken in in a different way. And I talk about some of those ways. The patch is one of the cleanest ways, but it's one of the least enjoyable ways to slap a patch on. But there's a, a company from Sweden that makes this product called Snus, S-N-U-S. And I'm totally unaffiliated with them, but it's a very clean tobacco that you put in your mouth. And the Royal London College of Physicians says it's 10 to 10,000 times less uh, less risky than smoking tobacco. Is and to is take it, it in smokeless. your teeth or breath or anything? You know, over time, there could tobacco will have a yellowing effect. This isn't just something that has no cost at all. It's not like free tobacco. It's good for you. It's healthy. Um, we're not saying that, but we're talking about when you want to utilize a plant as powerful as tobacco that feels potentially as good and can lead to as many dramatic improvements. And I list tons of studies in there, the benefits of nicotine. You want to find the cleanest way to get it in. And this is one of the cleaner ways to get it in. So if you're going to use the plant, you know, and this is a plant you want to use, use it the right way. So, what about nicotine gum? That's another way. It's another really clean way, depending on the additives in the gum and depending on what other chemicals they have. But that's another really good way. It's, again, being absorbed through the gum tissue and through the, uh, through the gut, which is going to be a little bit different than smoking. You really just don't want that exposure to your lungs. Like the body is good at taking acute exposure to anything, any kind of stressor, and then recovering. The problem with cigarettes, you're smoking them all day. It's chronic stress to your lungs. And that chronic stress doesn't give you any time to recover. And so you're going to have big problems. Whereas you put in one snooze for five or 10 minutes in a day, your body has 23 hours, 50 minutes to recover and recover from that exposure. And it's going to be a lot better than this kind of chronic use that you see from some of the other ways to get So it. I take the snooze, what, do I, what am I going to start feeling? Well, you're going to start feeling a little heavy. You're going to start feeling a little focused, a little energized, and you're going to feel this kind of euphoric buzz go over your body, and that's when you take it out. Because <laughs> if you keep it in after that, all of that is going to turn to nausea. And then you're going to wish you never did this, and you're going to be cursing my name. So if so you try the minutes. snooze, yeah, if you try the snooze, as soon as you start feeling it, and you, know, you want to spit it out, if you swallow it, it's going to have a more delayed effect. So spit out any of the extra saliva that you get. And you know, as soon as you start feeling it, take it out and chill and just get used to that kind of feeling. Because if you run it longer than that, um, you might get nauseous. And then, and then what do I start feeling? It feels to me like the stillness that comes from like if you went to the bottom, blew out all the air and went to the bottom of a cold pool or the bottom of the ocean, maybe you were spearfishing just waiting for a fish. And everything in your mind and body gets quiet, but yet focused. That's what it feels like. It's one of the most magical feelings that I've felt inside this monkey. You know, and I've done a lot of different psychedelics. And I've done a lot of different drugs. And this, you know, nicotine taken as snooze is one of my favorite experiences. And I use it sometimes to write, you know, and I'll use it in kind of a lighter dose. And sometimes if I'm just dealing with a challenge that I just can't wrap my head around and I've got to quiet all the noise and all the voices and all the stress, I'll take it until I get really heavy. And then when I get really heavy, I can start to think a little straighter. Things all seem to make a little bit more sense and I can open up a little bit more. So I tend, like for writing, for instance, I tend to use caffeine. Mm -hmm. um, so compare it to like caffeine. So caffeine is you know, something that's actually triggering a hormonal response largely to, it reverses tiredness is really what it's doing in the body. It's not actually making you more alert necessarily. It is a little bit with adrenaline and some of those things, but it's actually reversing the tired, undoing the things that are making you tired. So if you feel sleepy, caffeine is the way to go. You know, but if you don't feel sleepy at all, it's gonna have minimal effects. It's just gonna kind of raise your hormone load um, so it's not going to be as effective. So caffeine is the, absolutely the choice for kind of working late when you're starting to get tired or if you didn't sleep enough during the day, caffeine's really going to be effective. Nicotine operates on a different system, actually similar to the acetylcholine system, the nicotinic receptors in the brain. And it just feels very, very different. <laughs> That's all I can say. I mean, the, the focus, the alertness, the acuity, but also the psychosomatic feeling of that heaviness descending on your body and that it's it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. It's a pretty remarkable plant. So so let's say I'm doing a cheat sheet of the entire book. I'm I just I've, I I want to pick like five things that are just gonna like make my day super day. So I, the easy stuff I could do I could drink the water. I could take some deep breaths. I could do some moving when I wake up. I can do the light. Uh, then let's say the cold shower, the nicotine. And the alpha brain, where I get this nootropic plant, mm -hmm. 
am I like Superman for the day all of a sudden? No, you need you need you need a few more things for sure. I mean, you need to, and also just to wrap tobacco. Obviously, it is still addictive. You know, be mindful of it. Have a good relationship. Make sure you can quit. You know, don't do something that's driving you. Make sure you're driving it, and and that's all I'll say in it. But it can be a, a pretty pretty positive experience. But yeah, so beyond that. I would say napping is another thing that people are sleeping on. You know, that's something that people aren't really utilizing to the full effectiveness. And when in clinical studies, when compared to more overnight sleep and coffee, napping always wins for mental alertness and focus and performance. So taking like a 30 minute nap, just enough, even if you don't fall completely asleep, but enough to drop your waking state from that normal beta state down to alpha or theta state to give yourself a little bit of a rest mentally is absolutely huge one of the biggest things that i've done you know so i think that's a really important move i think and then of course it's just back to those free doctors are you getting any are getting enough sex are you getting enough exercise are you getting you know enough connection with people you know i think that's another thing like loneliness is one of the biggest killers for people who are older in age they're just not with people and we're tribal creatures you know and you asked about where i was going next so this is the foundation for the body and mind where i'm going next is what about the heart and what about our connections with you know other people and and i touch on that a little bit in this book and some of the stuff on relationship and some of the stuff on community but that's also part of it should be part of every day whether it's a friend or whether it's a loved one or whether it's a pet or whether it's whoever like we got to connect with each other we got to connect with ourselves we got to really spend time doing the things that we love to do about life, not just doing the things that are going to get us to some mythical place somewhere in the future that we think we'll be happy when we get to. What do you think, you know, just speaking of all this, what do you think is the right amount of, this sounds like a naive question, but what do you think is the right amount of friends one should have? Like close friends. You know, I think that's a there's that's a tough thing to say because to really have a close friend, you got to go through, you got to make that intentional. You got to kind of choose some things that you guys can go through together and really see each other, whether that's a workout or whether that's maybe it's a psychedelic medicine journey or maybe it's going to Burning Man together or taking a trip or. Well, you got to hate all of these things. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, what, whatever it may be, you know, like really to get to know someone, get to know them not only on the physical superficial, but get to know their soul. You know, get to know what makes them cry, get to know what makes them laugh, get to know where their deepest fears are and like see them truly for who they are. That takes some time and that takes some stillness and that takes some patience. And I think those relationships have a disproportionately valuable reward to your life. So, you know, I have a lot of different people who I spend time with, but I'm really personally in my own life, you know, doubling down on those that are closest to me so that I can really evolve these friendships to a state that mimics what an ancient you know tribal setting would be like where it's no longer i'm talking about me i'm talking about r and it feels like this is my tribe we're all fighting together we're all in this together we're all working together like those are the relationships that i crave and you know on it's doing well this book is almost certainly going to be a, a bestseller i think you're doing the right thing marketing on podcasts as opposed to the traditional book tour uh, plus, I really do think this is so incredibly valuable to sort of summarize each portion of the day and kind of the way to optimize it. Because you're right, sometimes you want to be super productive and like your brain stimulated and your your heart pumping in a certain way. Other times you want to relax and mm-hmm. kind of ease into a good sleep. I mean, maybe we could talk about that for a second. But what's your best way of relaxing? Well, the best way of relaxing is to... I like I have a journaling practice that I think is really important. Like get the stuff that's in your brain on paper so you can leave it from rattling around in your brain and just kind of outsource it as your external external hard drive. You know, so let's imagine it's like a bunch of swarming bees of thoughts, you know, put it back in the little beekeeping unit which is your journal and allow it to be there and you can pick it back up, open it up in the morning, but get it out of your head, get it on paper so you don't have to keep rattling around with it. And that really helps. Like, let's say you're angry at your girlfriend. You're feeling some. Wow, that's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what do you do? I journal. I journal. And that just gets I mean, it. Instead of like calling her up and saying, why did you say well, that? Well, no, sometimes I do that stupid <laughs> move and then that, you know, and I always regret it because a lot of times these are things, sometimes these are things she can help me with, but a lot of times this is my own shit. 
you know, this is something that's coming up for me that I would be better served working out myself. Because the problem is you dump all of these emotions onto somebody else. Maybe they help you with it, but then they've had to deal with this wave of shit that you've just thrown on them. So then you have to spend the next few days cleaning up the shit that you splattered on them. And then maybe they splatter some back. It's always pays to do as much work as you can yourself first, rather than dumping it on someone else that you love and then having to play this constant game of back and forth. Like uh, I remember, I think it was on Tim Ferriss's podcast, you guys talk about The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Miguel Ruiz. Ruiz, And he mentions in that book, um, never good to outsource your self-esteem to, and it's hard enough for everybody to keep track of their own self-esteem, let alone yours. And so that's essentially what you're describing there is like, you kind of have to deal with your own self-esteem issues. You really do. Any type of validation that you're trying to get externally is ultimately going to be unsatisfactory. But I feel like a lot of these techniques in the book, like, again, that cold shower thing is just an example, that kind of helps you totally build the ability and maybe the journaling and maybe, you know, some of these. And by the way, I also want to mention a big part that we've been skipping is you have a lot of recipes in here. You have a lot of, you know, diet suggestions and so on. Um, I feel people could just read that and get the get the idea. Totally. Uh, but uh, it seems like a lot of these things about health really contributes to how you emotionally deal with, with life as well. I mean, that's kind of the point is that it's Agreed. all holistic. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, that move of turning your hand counterclockwise in the shower is the same move of not of holding yourself back when you're going to say something shitty to a friend or say something shitty to your to your loved one. Like it's the same willpower that says, all right, let me take those six breaths first. Let me go for a little walk first. Let me hold back and deal with as much of this as I can before unloading it on someone. It's the same thing. It's that mental willpower to know what is best and actually follow through on it. And that's when you really need it. You know, yeah, the shower is going to be helpful, but the shower is going to help you practice for that time when you don't blow up in that board meeting or you don't blow up at your spouse or you don't blow up at your kids or it's all part of that same process. You just have to learn it in ways that you can train and then apply it universally wherever you can. So in addition to this book, what five books would you recommend people read and, and learn from? Well, I think you mentioned one. You know, I think uh, Don Miguel Ruiz's Mastery of Love is an incredible book. And I'll lump it in with The Four Agreements. That's a great book. That's a great book too. Uh, you Are the Placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Okay. That's, uh, that's an incredible book. It shows the extent to which the mind has control over the body. And I think I talk about it a bit in my book, but I think really getting the full science behind the placebo effect and the nocebo effect and how that affects you, I think that's pretty remarkable. I think uh, Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, is you know one of the books that I give away. Just saw him speak around the corner. The oh, yeah? yeah? Nice. Yeah, nice. it was very interesting. Yeah, I, th- I felt like The Power of Now is very dense and a little bit repetitive, but I feel like in A New Earth, he really hit his stride and covers like a broad scope. There's also, is less popular, but I think it's called Practicing the Power of Now, which mm-hmm. I think was actually the original Power of Now book, and then The Power of Now became more popular, but it has more of specific techniques. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, I would say Aldous Huxley's Island. Oh yeah, you mentioned that in this book. Is another one. You know, that to me really opened my eyes to how you could reimagine these different social constructs that we just take for granted and then come up with, you know, your own utopia because it's a utopian novel about this society that lives away from the mainstream and how they created their own rituals, created their own way of living. And that's really been effective in helping me kind of breathe into and imagine what my future wants to wants to look like as well how much utopia i could build into into my future life that's been great and i'd say the last book is sex at dawn by dr chris ryan and that book really opened my eyes to human sexuality and what the the root of that is and that's you know people keep recommending that book to me i haven't read it uh what's what's the main premise well, the main premise is is that we are less like you know chimps or gorillas, where there's a male, an alpha male, who fights all the other alpha males to have the mating rights for all of the females, and more like the bonobos, where everybody just kind of wants to have sex with each other. And you know, he goes through the anthropological evidence for that, and really kind of opened my eyes to human female sexuality. And this, you know, there's this kind of male like bull paradigm where the the prize bull gets all the heifers and that's the way it should be. And it's really not who we are on a DNA level and it's not who we are, 
you know, when we're actually left to our own devices in the anthropological records. Um, when you really go back to tribal living, we're more about sharing, we're more about experiencing uh, things together, including sexuality. So really shifted the fundamentals of how I thought about human sexuality. Well, Aubrey Marcus, CEO of Onnit, I highly recommend people check out the website, particularly after I try Alpha Brain. I'm really yeah. hard trying Alpha Brain and, and some of the other stuff on the site. But this book is really a great book. Own the day, own your life. I highly recommend it. It's a good. I am going to try basically stuff from every single chapter in this <laughs> That's book. That's awesome, man. Thank uh, you so much. Starting off with the cold shower thing. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna man, go for get it. it. Six deep breaths beforehand to get myself ready. Cold. Sh- I've tried it before. It didn't work. Yeah, you can even up the amount of deep breaths. You can bring that up to thirty if you really want to be, you know, kind of kind of ready for the cold. All right, I'm gonna try it. And if if you're wrong, I'm, I'm coming <laughs> Come hunting find me. for you. Come find me. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks. James. Thank you.